And uh, so today, uh, we wanted to, to bring them out, to introduce you to them, to uh, give them a gift and to pray for them. Because as you know, uh, we're only a week or two away from graduation season where these guys will be walking across the stage and getting a diploma and being sent off into whatever uh, new season of life they're going to. So I'm going to welcome them out here and introduce them. Why don't you guys come stand on out here? Um, and I'll introduce you to them and then you can give them a hand. We first have Savannah Logan. Ethan Howe, Grace Holty, and Molly Cernicky. It's, it's so cool to, uh, to see them grow up and uh, to watch them really grow into the young men and women that they are. Uh, I remember Pastor Aaron telling me when I started as a youth pastor, like, you're going to start to get emotional when some of your students graduate, as if I wasn't already emotional enough. Um, but uh, as, as these guys have grown up, it's really been uh, amazing to watch them grow. These guys were middle schoolers when, when Carrie and I started. And so really, we've seen them through their whole forefront journey of, of growing up and being middle schoolers and then young high schoolers and then becoming leaders for other students. And uh, these ones specifically, we've had the privilege of having in our very own small group. And so every week uh, we sit down after, after the message and after worship and we talk about uh, what we learned. We talk about what God's doing in our life. We talk about all that stuff. So um, these, these seniors are extremely close to my wife and I. And uh, not only that, they're amazing parts of our church. And we're so thankful to have had them in our youth ministry. You, you may recognize them from getting baptized, from serving all over the building, from all of that stuff. And so this group is really, truly a special group, and we're really thankful for them. And so we got them each a gift. This is from our student ministry, and my wife's going to hand that to them. Um, but we, we get them each a gift as, as people graduate, especially if they're a part of our Forefront Student Ministry. We get to know them really well. We get really close to them. And so we want to uh, gift them something as they go off into college, but not only just give them a gift. We want to bring them in front of you as a whole church so that we can pray. And the reason that we do that is if you can remember back to uh, your time in high school or leaving high school, or maybe if you're young and here today, look forward to that time um, it, it's something that you work for for 13 years. You do your school, you turn in assignments, you do all of that stuff. And then really in one summer, everything changes. Maybe they go off to college and the class schedules are different or you go into the workforce and you have a job and you actually have to work in the summers and all of that stuff. Like a lot is about to change for these guys in the next uh, few months and really for the rest of their lives. And so we wanna pray God's blessing and God's grace over these people that have been a, a wonderful part of our church for many years and uh, really just put them in God's hand and trust his grace to help them and carry them and show him his favor uh, throughout the next season of their life. So will you guys do me a favor and will you stretch out your hands as we pray for these seniors uh, as they move forward into whatever God has for them next. Lord, we thank you so much for each one of these students. We thank you for Savannah, for Ethan, for Grace, for Molly. We thank you for uh, the, the young men and women of God that they are, for the part of our church that they are. We pray that you would bless them, uh, especially in these next few weeks as they finish up their high school time, as they move into whatever season you have for them next, God, as they've decided different paths, God, we pray that you would lead them and guide them as they go. Bless them in their schooling, bless them in their classes, bless them in whatever jobs they take up in the future, bless them in every sense of the word, in their entire lives. We pray that you would grant them your favor and your grace as they step forward into this transition that can be fun but also be challenging. We pray that you would be with them, 
show them what you have for them. And God, we pray that you would help us as a church to always stay connected in a, in a source of encouragement and in and to their lives. We pray your blessing upon them as they go into whatever you have for them next. In Jesus' name, and we all said, amen. Will you give them one more hand as they head off the stage this morning? Awesome. Well, hey, today, uh, as Pastor Paul mentioned at the beginning of the service, it's Youth Takeover Sunday. Look at your neighbor and say, Youth Takeover. Youth Takeover, uh, which means exactly what it says, Youth Takeover. Every part of our service, we have people serving in kids' church. We have people serving in the tech booth. As you noticed, we have our worship team was mostly filled with youth today, which, by the way, how was amazing was worship this morning. Yes. But we have, we have youth taking over every part of our service, uh, including the speaking. And so today we're going to do something uh, brand new, something we have not done before. Uh, we are going to have five different speakers this morning, and they're all going to go for about 45 minutes each. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, but uh, we're going we're gonna to give each student around five minutes. And so what we're going to do is, as you guys know, we have been in this series uh, where we've been focusing on and studying and digging into the life of Joseph. And so what we've been doing at Forefront is we have five different small groups uh, that we split into each week at our service. And so each small group was given a different part of the life story of Joseph. Together as a small group, they read it, they, they gathered insights, they reflected on it, they did all of that, and then all together as a small group, they wrote one message and picked one person to come up and share the message that their small group wrote. And so today, you're going to see a representative from each one of our small groups, and uh, they're going to come and share their reflections with you on the life of Joseph. So parts of stories that you've already heard, but some really incredible insights from some of our young people. Uh, we heard at the first service, and man, it was amazing. If you were here first service, you know what I'm talking about. These kids, it's not just sharing some random things that are obviously on the pages of the Bible. They had some real reflections and insights. And so today, you're not going to just hear some random kids share some random thoughts. You're going to be encouraged from God's word uh, from these students and from their groups that aren't up here with them. Uh, so you're going to see five representatives of each uh, or one representative from each of our five small groups coming to share God's word with you today. I hope you'll uh, lean in. I hope you'll engage. I hope you'll uh, encourage them as they come to, to speak to us today. This morning, we're going to lead off with our senior uh, high school uh, boys group. Will you please welcome Brandon Goyette? Well, hello and good morning, everyone. Um, so today, like Jordan said, we're going to talk about the story of Joseph, and I'm going to kick things off, evidently. <laughs> um, so everyone's lives outside of church, they always have to deal with someone that's like, you know, their opinions or their, they share a little too much. They share stuff that might make you angry. Like, it doesn't even have to be like a dream or any fact. It could just be an opinion, like BP's better than a quick trip. I mean, is it, am I, <laughs> yeah, and, and I already see, I already got some no's and head shakes, so it's, it's almost kind of like, all that is like saying BP's better than trip. it's the same way Joseph's brothers reacted when Joseph shared his dream with his dad and his brothers, with no's and head shakes, except they were a little more violent, just a little. Uh, Joseph was a favorite of his dad. You know, he was always 
dad's favorite. He always was trusted, and all of his brothers hated him for it. And then one day, Joseph had a dream. And he shared that dream with his brothers and his dad, and he got a little more than a head shake and a no. Um, and, and we all know this story, and it's going to be told later what exactly happened to Joseph, but Joseph's brothers, they kind of just, because Joseph said it was a dream God gave him, and his brothers didn't believe him. They just took it as jealousy, anger, and rage. So the brothers took their feelings out on him by doing some pretty nasty things, then telling their, their father he died, which he didn't. But all that was based on their feelings. But you almost wonder, how would that story be different had the brothers not reacted in such a violent manner? They would have, well, they would have just said a simple no and then probably changed their mind. Maybe. But we never know, because it already happened. We can't change it. And there's a lesson we can always take from this. Even if, even if whatever someone says, like McDonald's is better than Culver's or whatnot, even if it hurts on the inside, <laughs> we, we always have to, we, don't, we can't let our feelings take over. We always have to seek, you know, God or whoever is speaking, listen to what they have to say, because you never know. Maybe it advances, maybe it benefits you in life. If you let, if you let your feelings take over, you know, things happen. Not good things, but things. Uh, but Joseph's dream was such a very visualized and detailed. And his brothers, instead of asking, you know, asking, you know, what could we do, they took took their anger out on him. But we learned from this lesson not to take our anger and rage out on him, but to wonder how can we help? Because helping someone else with their dream and their, their dreams, maybe could that help us with our relationship with God and help us along the way, even if it hurts us and we don't like it? Because presented to Joseph's brothers from Joseph himself was an opportunity to succeed and to get farther in life. But they didn't take it because they didn't believe him. Joseph's bro that's where Joseph's brothers have failed. But us, as Christians, we know that we can take the other path and succeed in life. Now I would like to sit here and talk more about Genesis, about Joseph for 40 more minutes, but I gotta pass the spotlight on to a few other, few other students. And one of whom you have seen twice already and you're about to see for a third time. Everyone please give a warm welcome up for Ethan Howe. All right. Hello, I'm Ethan Howe, like you said, and I'm from the senior group here at Forefront. I got a question for you guys. Do you know the game Shoots and Ladders? If not, it's kind of simple. So you take this little spinner thing and you flick it, and then you'll move the number, so if you say like you land on a three, you'll start at one and you go one, two, three. It's pretty simple. The exciting part about the game is you have these ladders and these chutes. You land at the base of a ladder, you get to go all the way up to the top, and you're closer to the finish. 
But if you land on the top of one of those slides, you go all the way back down. And that kind of sucks. <laughs> so now I'm going to compare this game to this stage in Joseph's life. He had a fairly normal, if not lucky, head start. We could say he rolled a four and he got to go up a little bit because he was his dad's favorite. Then, like Brandon mentioned, he had these dreams. And that was as if he landed on 28. And he got to go all the way up to 84. This was his peak in his life, and he thought it could only get better from there. He was so close, he could almost taste the number one victory royale. <laughs> but funny enough, God knew the rest of his life was not going to be as smooth as Joseph envisioned. His next roll would be a one, two, three, all the way down that big slide. This is when his brothers sold him off into slavery. So our section of the story is the start of his decline before things get much better, he and he does, and eventually end up winning. So you have these brothers that are understandably upset when their little brother comes up to them and is like, you're going to bow to me someday. So what would you guys do in that situation? I hope it's not what these brothers did because they contemplated murdering him. Thankfully, the oldest brother and voice of reason in this case, Reuben, argued that instead they should throw him in a hole. <laughs> Not much better, I suppose. But Reuben had a plan, and it was to come and rescue Joseph when the other brothers were absent. But unfortunately, when Reuben was absent, the brothers sold Joseph off to some Ishmaelite slave traders. Then to make things even worse, they took Joseph's robe and they dipped it in goat's blood, and they gave it to the dad, saying that he had been slain by some wild animal earlier. It convinced him that his favorite son was dead, and he started to mourn for him when actually he was just on his way to Egypt. So the lesson from this is that sometimes we may feel that a nice little lucky start may mean an easy path for the rest of our lives. Might be the case for some of us, not for Joseph. So while he would go on to win eventually, his life required him to go down the big slide. And that shows that one of the most important parts of this is to not give in to our disappointment and to remain faithful. For us to not give in to our own disappointment like Joseph didn't, and to trust God even when we feel like there might be something wrong happening. And this leads us right into the next part of the story told by Addie Boudreaux. Please welcome her on stage. Thank you. Hi, uh, my name is Addie, and I'm cheering from the middle school girls group. Um, so I'm going to be talking about the time when Joseph was faced with a difficult decision and still decided to stay faithful to God. A few weeks ago in church, we talked about the story of Joseph and Potiphar's wife. In this story, Joseph was a slave, and he was very successful in his boss's house. His boss's wife took interest in him, but Joseph made this choice to deny her and stay faithful to God instead. But unfortunately, she still accused him and he was put into jail because of it. So I'm wondering, have you ever had a bad day? Because <laughs> um, I know we all have, uh, but my small group, uh, we made some examples of what a bad day can look like. So your day can be bad when you wake up late and you miss a ride that you're supposed to go to and then you kind of have to get another one, and this is all this mumble-jumble. 
<laughs> uh, or sometimes for girls or guys, if you have long hair, uh, you get ponytails stuck in your hair and it really hurts to get them out. Uh, or one of the worst things, uh, if you wake up uh, and you charge your phone the other night, but it actually didn't charge and it's on like 30% most of the day <laughs> and you can't really be on it. Um, <laughs> now, uh, these are all minor inconveniences, but some days, sometimes our days are truly horrible. Joseph had a lot of bad days throughout his life, but the day that Potiphar's wife tried to be with him and got him in jail was an especially bad day. When we have bad days, it's really hard to be focused on God. Joseph was a slave, and since he had a lot of bad days, it would have been really easy for him to lose focus on God and fall into temptation. And the same is true for our bad days. It can be easy to sin and do something that we shouldn't. But thankfully, Joseph gave us a great example of what it looks like to follow God. He could have let his bad day define him and his life by turning away from God, but instead he did what God wanted him to do. Because of this, God's dreams and plans for Joseph could come true in the future, and they did. Uh, later in Joseph's life, life, he saved the whole country of Egypt from starvation. Without him making faithful choices and following God's plan, the Old Testament would have looked a lot different. So, when we had bad days, we can remember that God has a bigger plan for our lives, and we should choose to be faithful to him and stay, and stay with him and make good choices even when it's difficult. Then we can follow dreams and plans that God has for us. Now, uh, I would like to welcome Kyler Worcester. Hello, my name is Kyler Worcester. I'm from the middle school boys group, and I'm glad to be here. So, first off, I'm gonna talk about Joseph's boldness and faith, his dreams, what made him an odd sheep in the pack. And so the first dream Joseph had, he almost died, but... Okay, there we go. So, so after a, a couple different dreams, dreams um, he went to Pharaoh. Pharaoh asked him to interpret a dream of his, and Joseph did without hesitation. So, first dream he had, he almost died. So, it would be, for me, it would be really challenging to interpret another dream. And so I was like, dang, he got some boldness right there. So, so, what Pharaoh is, the Egyptians thought of him as a god, the incarnation of Ra. And, really? Saying that there was a different god than what they had, their false gods, he could have died right there. So, there's another show of faith and boldness that he had in God. And so, I'm going to read it out of the Bible right now, if I can find it. All right. 
And Pharaoh said to all of his servants, can we find a man like this, whom has the spirit of God? And I was like, that's a really big compliment. So Joseph's faith saved a lot of people. He had trusted in God and interpreted Joseph, or Pharaoh's dream, sorry. Um, he, they had a famine after he interpreted that dream, and he saved the Egyptians and the Israelites from that famine because of he interpreted the dream. So, there's two points I want to make after this, is you can always have bad days, but God will take you out of those bad days and put you into good ones. And second one, don't keep your faith a secret. Just like Joseph did, make it open, and you could save a lot of people too. Please welcome Allison LeVold. I'm Allison, and I'm very excited to be sharing with you the message from my small group on the power of forgiveness and the forgiveness that Joseph showed towards his brothers. Our thoughts stem from Genesis chapter 45, verses 4 through 7 in the New Living Translation. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here, because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there has been famine in the land, and for the next five years, there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. Now, in reading verse 5, do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here, because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. I can't imagine saying this line myself if I was sold by my siblings into enslavement, seeing them years later and going, don't be mad at yourself. I get it. You did not have to sell me into slavery. I mean, my sister is sitting out there right now, Katie, I'm telling you, I would not be that forgiving, I don't think, but, <laughs> but one day I hope that I can have the relationship and trust with God that I would be able to have that level of forgiveness. Um, when we look at what Joseph had and the wisdom that he possessed and the relationship that he had built with God and the trust he had, it gave him the ability to forgive his brothers. And in that verse, we see he had finally healed from his grievance and invited them into his world. Now, when discussing this concept of forgiveness and things meant for evil and used for good by God, we had the idea, what if Joseph had not forgave his brothers and how might that have changed the course of his story? We thought he maybe not have, he maybe not, would not have been used by God as much as he was or even been a part of the story and he would not have had such a strong relationship and probably wouldn't have been living as second in command of all of Egypt. And then it, today when we were singing Waymaker, I heard in the words, you know, even when I don't see it, you're working, even when I don't feel it, you're working, but you never stop, you never stop working. This is like totally relates to the story and kind of had like a little like, ooh, epiphany moment because I was like, wow, that really relates to what Joseph did. He had all these years where he was enduring a lot of pain and suffering through his like slave years. And then it was any, even though he may have felt distant from God at times, God was still working, even if he didn't see it or feel it. And then he finally was able to like still maintain his relationship with God and God used something meant for evil, selling your brother into enslavement and actually used it so that he became second in command and saved his family from a famine. 
We then applied that concept to our own lives and what we might lose when we don't forgive people. And collectively, our conclusions were we have this cause to feel like we feel kind of regretful or we would have changed the outcomes of situations if we had reacted differently, like by forgiving somebody or being more understanding of things that happen. We said choosing not to forgive can make it harder to maintain and build relationships. It becomes very difficult to trust if you don't forgive and maintaining something with a friend or family member is really hard if you let it keep building up. And third, ours was not forgiving can not only make it hard to maintain earthly relationships and make us feel regretful, but it can distance us from God in our relationship with him. And we can start to become very isolated. So I think that as we've learned from Joseph, forgiveness plays a huge role in the course of life, and God has a purpose for everything, and good things will come from choosing to forgive. And Joseph's story is a great example of that. Uh, thank you all, and let's welcome our youth pastor, Jordan. Well, how about that? I'll give one more hand to all of our speakers and all of our small groups. What an awesome uh, service and Sunday and so cool to hear. I told you they have genuine reflections and insights and I hope that you were able to take something away as well as just be overall encouraged with, with the whole service. Now, I want to just take a brief moment as we close our service here today to talk about why we do the youth service. And really there's, there's I think, three different reasons that we do it. And the first one is that we want to let our, the youth of our church and of our community know that this is their church. You know what I mean by that? Like, like there's so many places that teenagers can go and they can be involved in things and they can, they can, uh, they can have an influence. They can create the future. They can create their own future and all of these things. But so often, um, the church isn't one of those places. And I'm so thankful to be a part of a church that that looks at the next generation and doesn't say that there's a minimum age requirement or that you have to wait until this time before you take the baton or before you take up some of the, the calling on your life or anything like that. We say right here, right now, you can belong to this church. And I love that in, in everything that we do because, I mean, you look at our worship team, you look at our speakers today, you look all over our tech booth and our kids' ministry and everything, uh, you're not going to see too many different faces than what you normally see. These people are already here taking up their call to faith, living it out, uh, worshiping God, and, and serving in every part of this, this church. And it really is so encouraging to, to see that and also to, to do this youth takeover today where literally, like I said, the youth are taking over. And the first reason that we do that is to let them know that this is, this is their church. They have a part in this. This is, this is their church as much as it is anybody else's. And the second reason I hope happened here today, it's to inspire and to encourage you guys. To inspire and encourage uh, this church that, that we have another generation that is ready to, to serve, ready to, to, to follow Jesus, to ready to uh, bring Jesus to a, a dark world or whatever you might want to say or call it. Uh, it's really encouraging to look at these young people and not just saying some random stuff, talking about a book they don't know or care about, but really bringing genuine insights from God's word from a real and vibrant faith of their own. I hope that's an encouragement and an inspiration to you. And as, if you've been here coming to, to this church for even two, three, four weeks, you've probably heard us talk or emphasize the next generation. And the reason that is, is because uh, not that any of our pastors or people are going anywhere, but it's always important to raise up new people, young people, to take up faith and reach their generation. 
And each generation needs that to find Jesus, to, to reach others for Jesus. And it's so cool to see that happening in the next generation of our church. And I hope that you, as you witnessed it and saw it here today, I hope you were inspired by that. And the third reason is that, and perhaps the most practical, we do this as a, as a fundraiser as well. And the reason that we do this as a fundraiser is because over the summer months, um, we take advantage of the kids being off of school and uh, we, we do a bunch of summer events for everybody that is age 18, graduating high school, all the way down. Um, and so obviously to do these events, which I'll talk about here in just a moment, it takes money to do so. And I know it's a very practical reason, but we do a lot of different things uh, to, to reach our community, to invite people to, to follow Jesus. And we want that to happen for our church, our church kids, as well as their friends and people in the community. And so here's what we do. We, ha we have uh, two different events specifically that we, that we do. And the first one is Kids Summer Outreach, which is coming up in August. At the beginning of August, uh, we... Uh, we welcome over 100 kids from our community between the ages of three and fourth grade. And what we do is, is we welcome them here, we feed them a meal, we, um, we decorate the entire building to fit a theme, hundreds and thousands of square feet worth of building decorated to completely rearrange the building. As I said, we feed them, we, we, bring, uh, we have people speak to them, we worship with them, we play games, we do all of that stuff. And uh, we welcome them and we invite them all to do it for free. And the reason why is uh, for a, a, a four-year-old, somebody that, that may be out on the streets of Mostyn may not be interested in paying to have their kid come to a church event, but if there's free food, free stuff, and an awesome time that their kid is really gonna come home buzzing about and enjoying, they might be willing to come. And over the years, we've seen dozens of people and many families come to our church through their kids meeting Jesus through Kids Summer Outreach. And we hope uh, to, or no, we, we don't hope, we are going to do that again this year at the beginning of, of August. Now, in order to do that for free, in, in order to have a budget to decorate the building and, and provide food and all of that stuff, it obviously takes money to do so. The other event that we do is, is Crave Summer Camp, and that's for the age of kids that you saw up here today, our, our middle school and high school kids. What we do there is we go away to a conference center in Green Lake, Wisconsin. It's just over an hour away from here. And we spend two, two and a half days um, just praying together, worshiping together, having fun together, playing games together, swimming together, playing volleyball together, having services where we lean into God's word together, all of that. Um, and when we go there, everything that we charge is all inclusive from the conference center, being that they give us a bed, a place to stay, they give us food, they give us a room to have our meetings in, they give us all of that, which is a real blessing. But as you, if you hear the words all inclusive, everything, all expenses paid, that leads to the trip being relatively expensive because we're paying for three meals a day and a place to stay and event registration and all of that stuff. So the reason that we take up an offering is that we want to, uh, lower the cost of Crave Summer Camp, as well as there are people in our, in our community and people in our youth ministry that no matter how low we can bring the cost, their family situation is one that they just wouldn't be able to afford it. And so we take up an offering so that we can make KSO free, so that we can bring the cost of Crave Summer Camp down for each kid, and so that we can make it discounted or free for anybody who genuinely, truly needs it and wants to be at camp, but couldn't otherwise. And so to, in order to do this, 
we ask and we we are believing God for, and what we need to do it is we need $10,000. And maybe you're like me and you hear that number and you think double digits with lots of zeros and you think, holy smokes, God, we need you to come through or we don't have it, right? And, and now to me, $10,000 seems like a lot and, and it really is, I understand that. But the reason that we do that is because that's really what it takes in order to get the price to where we want it, to provide what we need, to sponsor as many kids as we can, and to keep KSO free. The reason that we believe that it can happen is, first of all, we serve a great big God. And last year, I remember doing this when we came in, came back from the COVID season where we had been shut down for three months and we came here and we tried to throw events together as quickly as we possibly could. And we knew we were trying to be sensitive to everything that was going on with people losing their jobs and all that. And we said, God, like, can we, like, we're going to put this together. So we put our scrunched up budget together as tight as we possibly could. And we asked our church for $5,000 and our church more than doubled that. Praise God. It was amazing to see so many of you sacrificially give or, or so generously give and way exceed our expectations. And so this year we believe that we can do it because first of all, we've done it before and God's done it before. And we're not asking this because we're trying to dangle some summer events and fun for kids in front of you and say, if you don't give this much, then we won't be able to do it. And that's not that. Our team is wholeheartedly committed to fundraising, to, to doing whatever we can to make these events happen. They're going to happen. But as you well know that when we say we want things to be free, nothing's really free. When we want things to be discounted, nothing can really be discounted unless somebody's paying for it. And so we're coming first before we go anywhere else to our incredibly generous church, asking for your support, asking for your help, and asking for your generosity in making it happen. For, for those of uh, you who have asked, it costs about $225 at the discounted rate to, to get a kid to camp. So maybe you would say, I, well, I, can, I can give that much. Or maybe you would say, I, there's a number that God has put on my heart that I feel led to give. Or maybe it's more than one student. Or maybe you're here today and $10,000 doesn't scare you. And you say, I want to write the whole dang thing. I, I will welcome that. Not asking of that from anybody, but maybe you're here today and you would say that that's you. Whatever it is, we're not asking for anything specific, or I said we're not trying to do anything to put you under compulsion. We're just asking for your generous support to make these events happen for our church. As you can see, their faith is vibrant. They want more of God, and we want to give it to them. Amen? Amen. So as we do that, uh, we have a, in just a minute, we're going to show you a quick recap video of our Crave Summer Camp, and we're going to collect a special offering. And we hope that you'll do a couple things. First of all, if you would be willing and kind enough to, we pray that you would give. And second of all, whether you give or whether you don't give, we pray that you would pray with us, believing for the, these funds to come in, to make these events happen to the fullness of what we can make them to be, and then trusting God that they will be so much more than just financial events, but spiritual impact with souls saved, lives changed. Amen? All right, so let's, let's pray over our offering today and then we'll take a look at this video. Lord, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to have this youth takeover service. It's such a blessing for us to do. We pray that you would bless this offering today and bless the people that are so generously giving. God, we look to you expectant because we've seen you do it before and we know you can do it again, God. The, the dollar amount that seems so large to us is nothing to you. 
So we pray that you would bring it in first from our, our church and from wherever else it needs to come. We pray that you would help us to be generous and we pray that you would help us to be grateful receivers of your generous gift. And we pray that God, you would do what only you can do. Take these dollars and cents that are about to be given and that we're trusting you for and change it, multiply it into souls saved and lives changed for your kingdom's sake. Not for an organization, not for a special event, but for your kingdom. God, we want your kingdom to advance this summer. We believe you're going to use these and we can't wait to see how it happens. We believe that you will do it with what's given here today and beyond. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, there are baskets in the same places as our first offering. As we uh, take up the offering, we're gonna take a look at this Crave Summer Camp recap video. And I hope that if you're in the ages between sixth grade and 12th grade, I hope that you'll take a close look at this and watch how good of a time we have. It's a blast to be out there. Today, we'll have some signups available, some questions for you, uh, or question, people available to answer questions if you want. Um, but we hope you'll come. Whatever it takes, we want you to be there. So take a look at this video. Give us, uh, or put your offering in the baskets and uh, take a look at the screens as we watch this video and wrap up our service. Here we go again, my mind racing And I can't seem to win all these crazy thoughts and feelings It's like it never ends until your voice breaks through my noise I know I'm not alone, not alone Awesome. So just a couple quick things before we dismiss. First of all, if you have a nose, you can probably smell that there is food. 
my wife and, and a number of people have been putting together a meal at the end of our youth service. We always like to bless you with some lunch. So what we've done is prepared some uh, Italian food. I believe it's baked ziti and breadsticks. So if you'd like that, there's a table at the back that you'll be able to go through a line and grab some lunch. And we encourage you to stay because we cooked enough food for an army. So it, have some of that before you take off today. Um, next of all is um, if you are interested in coming to camp, Please put your name on a sign-up. We have a table, uh, a sign-up at the back at the end of the food table as well as at the welcome desk. I'll try to be back there. Maybe some of our team can answer some of your questions. Take your sign-ups, and we really, really want you to come to camp. We hope that you'll uh, do that. And number three, if you are here today and you would like prayer for anything, we will have people up front that would love to pray with you and pray for you. Uh, please take uh, advantage of all of those things, uh, and you can be dismissed. God bless you. Have a great Sunday, and let's eat. Awesome.